Hi, this is Elisa Hinton here at Waxing Lyrically with my co-host. This is Drex Holt. Ooh, nice. Yes, I, I, I was told that I have to put a spell, kind of run it together too much. So a casting agent told me to say Drex Holt. And now I think I'm I'm starting to I'm worried that I'm starting to add too much of a pause there. No, it was perfect. Or it's like it everybody falls asleep before I say my last name. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It was the <clears throat> perfect timing. We're here on the lyric stage. We have a bit of a live audience. We have a few people, some friends and loved ones out here. I'm a listening. little bit more nervous now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's why that's why I have them in my back. It's a lot easier <laughs> that way. We're here on the set of um the Mousetrap, which is the Lyric's next uh, show. When is it again? It's going to be... February 9th through 18th. Uh, get your tickets at Brownwood Lyric Theater. And then that's theater um, that ends with TRE.com. This is Paul Underwood, creator, editor, and former host of Waxing Lyrically. All in all, we've had 38 shows and now over 5,000 downloads. But it's been over a year since Waxing Lyrically has produced any content. I'm thrilled to now have Drex Holt and Elisa Hinton taking up the mantle. Along with Dylan Evans engineering and Shannon Dennis producing, it certainly sounds like a winning team. You know, I snuck in and caught a rehearsal for Mousetrap the other day, and I was telling my wife how how great Drex is looking these days. He's clean shaven. He's <laughs> slimmed down a little bit. His acting is always so effortless. Now Jill paused for a moment and said, well, it sounds like a burgeoning man crush there. <laughs> Maybe so, right? <laughs> oh, and Elisa, you yes. look good too. <laughs> in all seriousness my angle for waxing lyrically was always to treat the guest as the star because you people were you were stars to me and our audience first matthew mcneese on the very first show to val nelson to the incomparable shannon lee and Jonathan Harvey, for crying out loud. Mm. And even you, Elisa Hinton, thanks for being perhaps my favorite interview of all. <laughs> now, look, I know your show will be different, but I hope that you'll continue in that same vein. And if I had a regret, it might be that I never took the opportunity to get inside the head of one Drexel Reginald Holt III. <laughs> I don't really know if that's your name or not, Drex, but it sounds regal. <laughs> Listen, I could go on and on because you know how much I love the sound of my own voice, but uh, <laughs> it is time for me to pass the baton. So, break all the legs. Remember to never drink in podcast. And don't forget to press record. Sounds like a challenge. Signed, a loyal listener. Good luck, guys. Oh, thanks, buddy. That was amazing. That that was pretty cool. <laughs> he, he, but first of all, I will say 
he obviously had Drex Holt spaced out perfectly. I mean, it just sounded perfect well, the way he did it. Is your middle name Reginald? No, it's it's Morgan actually, and, and I'm the fourth, so it's Drexel Morgan Holt the fourth. Well, I think Paul gave it his best shot, and I'm, it was pretty darn close. <laughs> I, I kind of prefer Reginald, actually. <laughs> You'll be going to it. Maybe yeah. it's a double man crush. I hope my great-great-grandpa is not listening to this podcast, or he'd be really upset. <laughs> well, I just am so grateful to be able to have this opportunity to kind of take the torch and see where we go. Paul was the master, of course, and I feel very honored to be following up after him definitely and you know just in general uh, I'm sure he was this for you too but he's always such a great uh, encourager and uh, nurturer absolutely 100 percent he can make a great old-fashioned I know he said don't drink in podcast but that's kind of hypocritical no I I think he was going from (laughs) personal experience and he said maybe it's not a good idea yeah and then his second thing was don't don't forget to push record so maybe those two kind of correlated it probably happened at the same time (laughs) well multiple times Okay, we're back on the stage, which is coming along. Oh, and it's coming together. Yeah, you are in the mousetrap. Yes, I am. I play Major Metcalf. Mm, he is a uh, um, he is a middle aged um, uh, British Army officer who has decided to take a vacation in the winter. Can you uh, give us a synopsis in Britain? Y- yeah. So it. <laughs> throw on your best britain Uh, accent accent? yes please there's a terrible smell of burning coming from the kitchen (laughs) no sorry i I didn't have anything prepared but um so yeah he's just a completely uh it's totally normal in agatha christie stories for uh, a single middle-aged british army officer to to take a winter vacation uh to a remote lodge (laughs) in in probably get caught up in the middle of a storm <laughs> and, and then possibly for, a murder possibly and that's definitely what happens so um all of these people i'm see i'm trepidatious because i don't want to give anything away um but all yeah, of don't, these people don't let the cat out of the bag but but what should what's going to interest people it's a it's a murder mystery well uh, basically um all these people um they gather together um, at this uh, Monkswell Manor, it's okay. a uh, it's a lodge in Britain. Uh, it's the winter, and they've gotten snowed in. Uh, there was just a murder down the street, and uh, melodrama ensues. All right. Yeah. Well, the stage is absolutely phenomenal. There's some uh, antique furniture already set. What's perfect about it is that, you know, if you watch BBC a lot, um, there's at least 450 shades of brown in every frame you watch at all times. Why, I think you're and, so And we're coming right, along Drex. swimmingly, I think. <laughs> More brown, please. No, a lighter brown. No, darker. Are these all the shades of brown you have? Well, I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait to see the show. I'm going to plug myself. I'm doing a little bit of hair and makeup, so oh, yeah. some behind-the-scenes stuff. But uh, And Tommy has just gotten our costumes together. We're having a photo shoot tomorrow. Oh, that's exciting. And, man, they look great, really. Do you I wear was a tell- wig? Or w- oh, you're excited about your I'm costume. I'm very excited. I don't know if that's been covered. Sorry to, to beat the horse here. But, yes, I'm very excited about my costume. Yeah. You know, normally you get to wear I'm an a- ascot? 
no, no, oh. but I do get to wear a tie um, and a vest. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, there's going to be lots <laughs> of layers going on underneath these uh, hot lights, and I'm sure we'll have the heater cranked at the time. So, oh, it's going to be great. Well, the mousetrap is being directed by Darlene Irvin, and the showtimes uh, starting February 9th, the weekend mm-hmm. of February 9th, and then the next, the following. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. And the following weekend, the 18th is a Friday, which mm-hmm. happens to be my birthday. So they run Friday night. Um, of course, everybody knows this, but if you don't, um, there's a matinee, and or there's two shows on Sunday at 2.30 and 7.30. That's And then Saturday. there's the show on, or Saturday, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the show on Sunday at 2.30. So a lot of opportunity to come if you... For don't sure. want to get out at night, then come in the afternoon. You have two options, Saturday and Sunday. The ticket prices are $10 for students and 15 for adults. Mm-hmm. It's a great show, really. Um, everybody's really into it. You know, everybody's figuring out their, their bits here and there. Everybody's really studying their, their lines. Everybody's getting into it. I mean, it, it, the, the, um, the energy is, is palpable for sure. We're all excited. It, the great Shannon cast, Dennis right? is playing a lead, the female lead. Yeah, I'm pretty excited She's about wonderful. that. I saw her audition. It was fun. She had my vote, hands down. Phenomenal. I enjoyed um, Three Musketeers. I thought she was great. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So th- this is a smaller cast, and I know in my experience, the smaller cast, you just you start gelling. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it gives you that... It, play off of each other it's you you get to know each other and the personalities around you and can kind of start working and building a little bit of the the magic that turns the script from just up here saying memorized lines to really interacting with each other do you feel like that's happening on the mousetrap already oh for sure but it's still nice enough that we get um you know plenty of dressing room spray space to ourselves that's really important for me absolutely (laughs) yeah especially when you got to don that awesome costume i know yes yes there's four people to there it almost feels like we have our own trailers it's great i'm bringing in a chair maybe next will come a paycheck maybe no no. (laughs) don't hold your breath we are volunteers happily we are volunteers but i've i've always said that every single show everything i've put into i've gotten it back in some way Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Well, it's something uh, special this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about next week? Well, I'm talking about the Lyric Performing Arts Company 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary. So just for those of you who don't know, the Lyric Performing Arts Company is a the brainchild of three folks and we're going to have an interview for you to listen to and we where you'll get all the the details on that but basically these three people took a building that was built in 1914 and was originally used as a vaudevillian theater and restored it in 2010 back to a theater it had been many things 2014 right oh i'm sorry 20 yeah. 20 the first show was 2014 yeah or there were, th- yeah the first show was uh 2010 or even before that they, they were doing um uh well 2000 i'm sorry the first show was when and it was cinderella <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 
So we're going to go with the first answer, everyone. We're just going to stick yeah, with 2010. Yeah. Um, that's what I read. And we'll just go with that. If it's wrong, then we can get some listener email. And you can send that to eric.evans at thebrownwoodtheater.com. <laughs> I, I trust you on that one. He, he'll answer his Facebook. Oh, if, yeah, if he will. Yes, he will. Yeah. You'll get an answer for sure. Yeah. Well, next up is the interview with Eric. Oh, yes, the great Eric Evans. And this was a really funny, very candid interview. I really enjoyed it. Well, here we are with Eric Evans. Welcome, Eric. Welcome Woo-hoo. to the podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's so nice to be here in uh, the uh, the set for the mousetrap. It's getting very exciting. I just saw my costume yesterday. Sorry to interrupt with that, but <laughs> I'm more excited about my costume this time than anything. <laughs> anyway, back are to you, you really? Eric. <laughs> are you fun? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Question. Did you have costumes in mind when you started the LPAC with Nancy Joe? <laughs> Actually, will you start with nice the kind of a segue. history? Thank you. <laughs> I tried to plug that in <laughs> naturally. So um, uh, the history? Yeah, so, the history of, of, of the lyric. And we're saying LPAC, the Lyric Performing Arts Company that was uh, started in two. Can we go back just a little bit farther? I know everybody knows how you and Nancy Joe met, but I do not. Would oh, you? So uh, actually, I, my wife met Nancy Joe before I did. Uh, Nancy Joe, when we moved to Brownwood, uh, I, I had grown up, moved away, mm-hmm. uh, met my wife, married, procreated th- three times, and then uh, ended up moving back to Brownwood in 1999. Okay. And so when we did, I was on staff at a local church here. Were you partying like it was 1999? <laughs> there's, there's a whole <laughs> thing about that, isn't there? There really is. <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of an Elton John guy than probably gotcha. was than him, right? <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, uh, there was a guy, Danny Ingram, who was also part of the trio of people that helped start uh, the Lyric Performing Arts Company. And um, uh, Nancy Joe was looking, he was doing a... Uh, show for Dolphin Productions. It's just a little production company he had down in San Saba. And he wanted to do some theatrical stuff. And so he uh, we had put together a group of people to do one of the nunchant shows uh, right. type thing. And so uh, he was looking for a uh, a blonde who could sing and maybe dance. And so uh, like, somebody recommended <laughs> Jill to Nancy Joe and Danny and Nancy Joe already knew each other. So uh, they rehearsed over at uh, Howard Payne for a while. Then they just took that on the road for a little bit. So that's how, and I was like, you know, if Danny can do this, I think we could do this in Brownwood, something like that. And sure. there really wasn't a place to do that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Howard Payne wasn't going to be the venue uh, for that to be regular. And then, uh, you needed some type of organization together. So I, I was just telling Elisa how, like, to me, it sounds really punk rock. I guess for lack of, like, a, <laughs> a better word or description, that you guys were just, like, like starting this guerrilla theater company with, like, right. I mean, did you? So it, it really, the the building is what prompted me to go, we should start a company uh, with because uh, I was, I was sitting in the choir. I wasn't the music director at this local mm-hmm. congregation. I was the uh, admin guy, education guy. 
And uh, I, uh, Jesse Hamilton, who owns Hamilton's, her and her husband, uh, Bill, owned Hamilton's here, owned a dress shop that was in this building. And it was called Pats and Jeans. They had bought it from Pat and Jean Arthur. Oh, I remember Pats and Jeans. Yeah, so they owned that. Who they had purchased it from Pat and Jean Arthur uh, back years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, she came to up. She saw me inquire and she said, Hey, listen, I want you to come see me down at my shop uh, this next week. I've got something I want to show you. And that was was Pat's and Jean's in the front of the lyric? It was in, in the, the front of the lyric. Mm-hmm. Okay. It had mm-hmm. some little, little things that had jutted out, you know, in mm-hmm. the back section of it. But, uh, and so I said, Sure, Jesse, you know. I can do that. She took me out, and I had grown up in Brownwood. You know, I, I'm a sixth generation Brown County guy, and uh, when I, I walked out the back door, which was just right over there, you know, house right uh, of the theater, uh, I opened up the back. She opened up the back door, and I went, "This is what in the world? Here's this huge cavernous building that I didn't even realize was a theater." I thought this was just one of those little dress shops in a corner of a town type thing. Wow. Uh, and it was huge. It was literally huge. There were, uh, the theater had, all the seats had been taken out by this point. And uh, Pat Arthur, who, Gene uh, Arthur, who uh, had owned the building with his wife prior to that point, he built like wooden airplanes that flew and they were on, there was one on the stage, there was one up so in the balcony. So this was essentially an airplane hanger? Well, an airplane <laughs> hanger with a lot of furniture. And dresses. A lot of storage. You heard it here, folks. It. Yeah, because it had for years been a pretty successful uh, business as it was. And so it was. I was just absolutely amazed that she goes, uh, Bill and I have always wanted to, to find people who would be willing to have this come back to life bill and jesse hamilton i always call one of those really silent people for many mm-hmm. years kind of in the background who wanted to see downtown revitalized who wanted to see it kind of perk back up and this was in 1999 mind you mm-hmm. so a lot of people had worked through the years to make downtown uh you know something that was special but through that process uh finding that i you know so i met jesse and uh we sat down with uh Nancy, Joe, myself, and Danny. So at that time, let me let me get this straight. So Jill had been touring essentially with Nancy, Joe, and Danny. Right. With the nonsense. Correct. You were doing admin for the church. You meet some people downtown who say, "Come look at this great surprise we have in the back of our dress shop." Yes. And your mind just automatically sparked, "Hey, we let's." make this into a theater all over again i went and had a conversation with nancy joe and danny and said hey listen i i think we ought to discuss the potential of something what if we just met and uh try to figure this out workshop it a little yeah you know just kind (laughs) of talk through it and that's where like major general buster humfeld comes in to play uh he offered his back porch okay there in arlington texas nancy joe uh, had gone home for the summer there in commerce, and Danny and I met. Danny came up from San Saba, the Austin area, and I drove up from uh, Brownwood. And we met there in the southern part of Arlington at Major General Buster Humfeld's back screen porch. <laughs> and we talked about this, and we wanted the name. We said, okay, listen, this can work. 
let's let's put out a name here. So we wanted a name that could uh, be also be an acrostic, you know, where you could pronounce the letters. And so that's where we came up with LPAC. There's really nothing. The the theater is called the Lyric. Uh, and so we just put performing arts company afterwards. It's got a ring to it. I oh, think yeah, it for, sure for does. Uh, you know, four letters right next to each That's other. That's right. Yeah. Because Lyric Performing Arts Company is a lot of words <laughs> to, get, to get out all the time. <laughs> One of the best acronyms of all time, I think. So I With think an so. acronym like that, it's going to be gold, right? It is going to be gold. <laughs> so that's why we, we uh, honor... Major General Buster Humphrey. Just for, for our for our listeners' sake, I just want to say this is a little bit of foreshadowing. So you will hear more about uh, Major General Buster Humphrey uh, later on in the podcast. So stay tuned if you want to know what that secret's okay. all well, about. Well, I won't. I won't let the beans out. Okay. Okay. So Arlington, how does that conversation on the back porch translate to? coming here and raising money like i I almost have goosebumps now thinking about like if if this happened and me and you were in the same situation i wouldn't be able to form a complete sentence (laughs) let alone make an acronym yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) well uh i was pretty i was pretty stoked so this was like in 2000 i was in 2000 uh that we started this whole conversation on this back porch and so I, uh, we got back here and we had written down, these are like our mission statement today is still the same mission statement that we constructed on that back screen porch. Wow. And so, yeah. because we wanted to meet particular criteria, we wanted to be a place that would, uh, it being inclusive of the community, mm-hmm. uh, not only for people to attend things, but for people to also be able to perform on the stage. Um, and so we wanted those particular components. And so we, we wrote the mission statement to be just that. We also wanted to include things like tourism. We thought that was important. We thought economic development was important. Uh, we had seen in our individual lives how theater had impacted not only people, but how it impacted businesses and how it impacted communities. For sure. And so uh, all of that was, you know, kind of part of the part of the crux of what we were thinking. Well, and I'm just envisioning this I I have the back porch and idea of what it is in my mind and I see the three of you and I think that it might be worth mentioning that y'all were probably literally pen to paper I don't picture you sitting on a laptop typing all this up no (laughs) I'm sure we had a a cell phone but it was at the very early flip flow you know flip phone Mm -hmm. did not you know yeah. You, where you had the you had uh, your BlackBerry that you had to have your little tiny yeah and you know predictive text you know, that <laughs> yeah, kind of stuff that didn't exist. Uh, you, yeah that's it wasn't that much at all as far as that kind of stuff and Major General Buster Humphrey he sounded just like what you would consider to be a stereotypical you know like in one of those Jerry Lewis movies or you know uh, those old <laughs> movies in black and white <laughs> talk really rough and talk like <laughs> he literally that's how he talked and I was like. Oh my gosh! And Danny, Danny, who's a very funny guy, he goes, he goes "Well, let's go meet Major General Buster." <laughs> and that's exactly—I can't even do it now. It hurts my throat. But it's exactly how he talked, and uh, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have a special guest here this year at uh, the Buster Humphrey Award Night. So, did he make you call, or did he make you guys call him Major General Buster Humphrey every time? No, 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 no. That see, I—I'm the one that likes to use that because I think it's just a great name. It's I a mean, great name. How many for Major sure. General Busters do you find? But that what do you, you call him? Like for short sir 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. his eyes. You don't call him anything. You just go. <laughs> you just stand oh. there and hope That's he doesn't exactly. call your hey, name. <laughs> he kept offering his lemonade, though. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> and he had a little dog, a little bitty, one of those little tiny toy poodle or something like that. Uh, I might I might be over-exaggerated, though, but I remember it was definitely not something I would have pictured a Major General Buster Holmes <laughs> like this was going to have that type of poodle or something like that. Yeah. Like but y'all know Nancy Joe. She Shih Tzus are. Oh yeah. Uh, there's nothing like a pretentious Shih Tzu, in my opinion. So, well, <laughs> I, I'm not talking about Nancy Joe. I'm talking about the poodle. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, the, the Shih Tzu. Right? It wasn't lost upon us. <laughs> okay. So, well, I must admit we have a pretentious Shih Tzu too. So, <laughs> so you brought. You brought it home to Brownwood. How do you take that pen and paper? And I mean, I wouldn't even know and where then to grow begin. Over yes, the years. I was going to ask that. Do you just that. start knocking so, doors? And yeah, like uh, the funds and everything. And so you always had it in your head that, like, it was gonna, it was gonna, it was gonna start there. It was y'all were gonna get this place, or was it just any place? So uh, I we started coming up with people who had an interest in the arts and not not just the performing arts and i mean excuse me not just the theatrical arts mm -hmm. i should okay. say so performing arts that included music because we include that in our mission statement we we are interested in performing arts we're thinking music we're thinking all the components that come with it and i i think like movies are part of performing arts in a different mm -hmm. looking genre but that's part of it so we talked about all those different things and that's where we found um people who had an interest in this kind of stuff. Norma Besson's a great example. Uh, she'll roll off of our board this year. And, mm -hmm. um, but she's been on the board 20 years. Wow. Yeah. So she That's started dedication. almost right at that beginning part of it. And Norma, uh, her and her husband, Rex Besson, were uh, well-known, well-regarded um, uh, finance people in the community. Uh, they loved what, what the whole thought of arts norma is an amazing uh piano player uh so she played she was the accompanist for our first show we cleaned up the place in here and uh did rogers and hammerstein's cinderella um on the stage i we went and grabbed every possible person known to man <laughs> in town to to come and sing this stuff my wife played Portia, whatever one of those um, ugly stepsisters are. I think it was mm -hmm. Portia or something like that. And yeah, Anastasia and Drizella. Is that, is that yeah, are those the ones? Man, that was yeah. a good grab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty impressed <laughs> that you There is no <laughs> Google anywhere near her. Uh, I, was, I was glad to get Portia out. Uh, so um, <laughs> that... You know, so we, we got people like Jill and we, we... You just networked it. That's right. We just tried to put those things together and uh, see people. And, of course, uh, Nancy Joe, you know, had a, a skill set for putting things together. That's not easy. It's... I want to say it's a little easier now only because you have people who've been on stage before. But, mm -hmm. you know, back then you had people who might have been on stage, but they had not been in a... 1914 vaudeville theater which i mean literally all the wires back behind we had people stringing up and hooking up wires 
That sounds safe. Yeah, yeah it's just, no, it wasn't <laughs> safe at all. It was scary. There were no curtains. Well, there really none of that. I think that's that's like a perfect metaphor, though, for the whole thing. You know, just piecing the, things together the and the little it's Dutch scary. boy in the dam. Yes, I mean, yeah. just making it. Well, happen. we went and begged the Arts Council of Brownwood for some money. Yeah. to uh, consider having a show that would bring, hey, look, this is a possible thing. We've had folding chairs from Howard Payne. We still have some of them. In Can here. I ask the tacky question, how much was it to restore this building? So after, in the initial conversations, we also found, that's another good example, we found uh, Greg Free, who was um, great friends with Betty Gerling. Okay, and so um, uh, Betty Gerling, and uh, then he was also had met Jesse Hamilton because he was part of uh, helping to restore the depot here oh, right, in Brownwood, right. which I didn't know till later was one of the buildings built at the same time as the Lyric. Uh, so Such Lyric was built and finished history. in 2014. The the depot is one of those buildings that were finished that same year. The post office was finished that oh, same I year. Oh, I love the post office. Yeah. It's beautiful. So it really there, is. That serious. Was a, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's I, I just saw love about it. Yeah. Amazing period of time things that mm -hmm. you're seeing um, this kind of stuff come together in downtown. And this was bef this was 1914. Mind you, yeah. the streets of downtown Brown in 1914 were dirt. Dirt. And they had a combination. There were some Model Ts, but there were mostly horse and buggies. Uh, and then you had the um, depot over there, which was transporting people. It, you know, it had, had that type too. of uh, commerce going on because so it of that. wasn't just the box cars that we have no idea what's in them, but we admire the pretty graffiti. It wasn't that; it was no. actually people. It was there. Were, there were people. There were service cars. Matter of fact, that's one way that uh, the uh, Linus Museum. Yes, well, so the Linus Museum is part of all of that development. Matter of fact, Kay Leipzig, who was part of all that, mm -hmm. had introduced people around here. Uh, her husband was a doctor. He yeah, was an I ENT here in town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, once again, this is just, we're meeting people again. Okay. Yeah. And uh, part of this, I'm meeting people at church or I'm meeting people at a Howard Payne event or uh, something along those lines. And uh, Nancy Joe's introduced me to a lot of people. I tend to have a little more of that aggressive behavior, that kind of stuff. Uh, I was working nice. in uh, a church, which was not that it was boring, but it's boring. Um, you know, there's a uh, matter of fact, I, I look at church work <laughs> and lyric has a lot of similarities in that you're working with a lot of volunteers and a lot of people and right. all of that kind of stuff. So that my skill set of learning how to work with people and volunteers, people who are willing to give themselves for a cause, whatever sure. that may be, uh, that was all part of what that was. And, uh, you know, so I thought it was kind of uh, so, interesting so I and feel exciting. like you're still dancing around that question, though. Show me the money. Oh, so we did. <laughs> Thank you for helping me stay focused. Um, so we initially, when we got with Greg Free, he developed a little, this is what I think it would cost to get inside the building back in, this was 2002, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Uh, we had already, um, we hadn't, we hadn't, uh, uh, we had formed the 501c3, but we hadn't got all the pieces together with it. Nancy, Joe, uh, I, and Danny, we all 
pitched in five hundred dollars, uh, and that's that's how we wow. oh, for the license here. Yeah, to 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 file the paperwork to mm-hmm. to get the stuff going and to have what made us feel like a lot of money in the bank. That's yeah. you know that's um, and matter of fact, well Nancy Joe probably had five hundred dollars. She's a really uh, frugal Presbyterian, <laughs> for lack of a better word. That's a compliment, Nancy Joe. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely. Uh, but for us, I we still had kids and stuff sure. like that. Matter of fact, I, Dylan was in our first show. Uh, he was uh, one of the little waiters. Matter, I think I had all of my kids except for Erica in the show, and she was the uh, marketing person for us. She went out and did that kind of stuff. But so the cost. Uh, so we initially had an estimate of one point five million dollars to restore the building to to not necessarily purchase the building, but to mm-hmm. restore the building. And so we so did pay did, a little bit for the building. Did Pat and Jean still own it? At that so point, it was who? Bill and Jesse Hamilton. Oh, the Hamiltons owned it. Owned it. Okay. And so what was nice, so this is what happened in 2001 or two. No, it's actually 2004 by the time. So we spent, so now three years passed, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Bill and Jesse agreed to... Um, sell the building to us for a reduced heavily reduced price and then they would carry the note so we didn't have to worry about any financing for it they were going to carry the note and they were remodeling owner financed yeah owner financed Mm -hmm. and they were they had moved down the street to the one they had now and they had greg free gregory free who was uh, a part of that and um uh, he's Hopefully, we'll get to meet him this year. Uh, but he's he's an immensely gregarious guy that has has visions like crazy. He's a former theater person. Uh, interior design is his is his stuff, and uh, so it's it's actually kind of cool. So he we put together some numbers, and he was close friends with Mrs. Girling. And uh, then in two thousand four is where we we did whole uh, Rogers and Hammerstein thing. And we thought, okay, $1.5 million, we can do this, we can do this. It ended up, uh, we have probably had to raise over $4 million wow. to, to be where we are now in well, the facility. I've, had the, I've had the quote-unquote pleasure of building a home from the ground up twice as long and double the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, I mean, really, anytime you're and doing anything like that, you... You just can't accurately estimate. Well, and years passed, too. Yes. I mean, so it was, we didn't get in the building until 2014. So a lot of years passed, and there's no telling what it would cost now. I'd probably double that to get into the yeah, building to do sure, what we've yeah. done now. I moved here in 14, and I remember it being a big deal because I lived at a, at a place downtown, and uh, there was lots of, of commotion out here, and, and everybody was really excited. I didn't realize you got here in 2014. 2014. Yeah. I didn't get, I, di- I didn't audition until 19, I believe, but yeah, right. 2014. Um, so, yeah. So I always tell people when they come in and look at the building, they're usually, if they've never seen it, they go, oh my. They're just surprised at what it looks like. And we're, we are not ostentatious at all. I mean, the, the facility is not 
a pretentious looking facility. It is very clean cut lines. Mm-hmm. That prairie style uh, architect is what it is. And so lots of straight lines and it's it's pretty simple, but it looks really special. It when you looks walk in. grand. Yes. When you come in, you definitely feel like you're in a live theater. You're right. It, it doesn't feel like, you know, you're you're in a high school auditorium. No, it doesn't. I agree with that. And uh, so people are uh, always, always kind of surprised. And I always tell people when they come in, I said, well, it's kind of amazing what $4 million will do to a space. Uh, and actually, I could say now what it would take $8 million to sure. do to mm-hmm. a space. But At least. Yeah. Okay. Well, where to, um, I don't know if this is the point where I would ask, but uh, so, I mean, it's even grown since I got here in 2019 and i remember us growing a lot as far as like um people or at least actors uh, right around the pandemic like i guess um you know where do you go from here oh, do you have other plans or so i know for us and i, I we have grown so mm-hmm. uh, we start off with you know 45 players mm-hmm. you know 45 mm-hmm. people that were involved in uh uh Cinderella, right. okay, mm-hmm. and so uh, and now I think and we've half got of those were your family. We have about like. three hundred and fifty. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, not always as willing as most of the other ones, uh, but uh, so now we have three hundred and fifty players that are just part of the like our Facebook group that we have, and mm-hmm. uh, we probably have another fifty or sixty that are outside of that. We've had people who passed away mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. been on stage and. Um, people that have moved away. I love, it's one of the things I love about it is how there are people all over the country that have an interest in what has taken place yeah, uh, here at the Lyric. Yeah, we've got, we've got actors at Disney, Disney World, oh, yeah. yeah, that are former interns that uh, were on the stage here, uh, you know, that did tap dancing for the first show after Cinderella here, Almost Anything Goes, and um, you know that song dun 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 just for the information I'm shaking my head. That's right. That's and there's this whole tap scene which I I think is one of the most energizing moments if a show has tap in it when you get a whole chorus doing that type stuff. It did me it's just super cool. I I every time I hear a chorus group you know a company sing on stage now i i just get googles and get goosebumps and stuff like well that. i recently went to a live performance of white christmas and they came out and did a whole tap routine that was just phenomenal in white christmas yes uh, where yes. was that okay here's somebody mm-hmm. uh, our producer wants us to do white christmas really bad here wow. Well, uh, t- famous famous uh, Disney World Tap Girl, if you're listening, come on back. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say this, you know. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about um, where do we go from here, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, like shows like White Christmas, this is part of our reticence of putting it on because the best time of year it's got a great name people would come see it but it's at christmas time and when is the busiest time for life for everybody okay Mm -hmm. and it's a big show so it's going to be 30 40 people uh to do that and i think we have the ability to do that so my question is do we have 30 or 40 people who are willing to commit their world. Y'all know how long y'all are both being on the stage more than once. How much 
time oh, yeah. it takes to prep for this. It's life-encompassing. That's right. And you mm-hmm. have to live your other life at the same time. It doesn't stop. And so that's part of our reticence with doing shows like that. And It's, again, uh, twice as long and twice as expensive as you think it's <laughs> going to be. That's yeah. exactly it, right. It's ex- <laughs> that, that is true. So when, when I say and when I think about uh, the lyric right now is in the process of doing some forecasting, some visioning for, for future. What, you know, what does five years look like? What does yeah. 10 years look like? Yeah. And it is really hard for us because, one, is we spent so much time. The board is beginning to... Um, uh, morph into a board that wasn't the board that built the building, you know, that sure. didn't raise oh, the sure. building. So uh, those people are at getting getting on up in age, and they're ready. They're retiring and moving ready to forward. Pass the torch. That's right. So uh, in in doing that, um, we've got to find a sustainability. So uh, the lyric is going to need to because we're still a nonprofit organization, and. Uh, we're going to have to find a sustainable place for us. Mm-hmm. When I say sustainable, I mean, so there has to be resources. A nonprofit uh, performing arts companies are, are uh, donor-generated places. Right. Uh, ticket sales do not cover everything. No. Uh, they can help get you past moments like that, but they're, they're, they're not the way that a, a place like this blossoms. Uh, so finding resources that are a sustainability partisan is, is, is important to us now. So we're going to spend this year uh, trying to kick off part of what that is. We'll have a, a big fundraiser at the end of the year. It's going to be a, a kind of a Gatsby night, uh, something along those. Even, it's going to be a f- super fun evening. Uh-huh. We hope to announce that here in the next few months. And But... So that's that's part of it. I would love to see uh, us have facilities that are, give us the ability to do what we're doing now better. Okay, uh, facilities are are uh, a, a problem for us in the sense that we don't have place for enough storage. We need some more of that. We need some more more rehearsal space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kicking off. We kicked off last year the Dale Willis Memorial Concert Series yes. and then the Hayride Series. Both of them, which are going, I think, are going to be pretty popular. Uh, they're huge tourism driving um, components. And so uh, in doing that, uh, when you add that type of pressure to a facility it makes it hard and so uh, we're going to need to address what our facilities are and how we can uh, have space to have rehearsals real estate well because uh, it would be really nice if mousetrap could have started rehearsing in december sure and um you know if there would have been a space that was large enough and you know uh, this, that happens all the time. You got to have these places for dance routines, for choreography, all that kind of stuff. So those are some components we've got to figure out. But it's so it sounds to me like growth is the name of the game. Oh, for sure. I mean, you, growing pains, I guess. Plus, I mean, these are prob- these are good problems to have, I guess. Well, no. we're going to have thirty nine weeks of stuff this year. Okay. So 39 weeks out of only 52 in a year, um, are that is part of the pains is figuring out how to do that. Uh, we we believe that the 39 weeks, if we can 
if we can navigate those 39 weeks successfully, it'll be a, a good place for us for a few years financially uh, to be able to do that. And so you've got to navigate the expenses. You've got to navigate the income that comes with it. Um, and so uh, I, I believe uh, most theaters are not going to have more theatrical shows than we have in one year. Um, I would like to add a uh, another kids production like we do in the fall mm-hmm. uh, for kids, one in the spring. Teachers and all sorts of people are, are wanting us to do that. We don't know where to shove it in, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, we, we literally don't. And even now when I talk to directors, when they see our layout, I have a big... 11 by 17 spreadsheet and of all the different shows and when the auditions are, when this is, when that takes place. And uh, it's daunting. Uh, It is the most challenging thing I have. So finding personnel and I physically, I can't physically manage all of that. So we're trying to figure that out and trying to figure, figure out how we can get things accomplished and still, you know, put food on the table. And that that sounds pretty stressful. I'm almost, uh, Sad I asked, I guess. <laughs> I, I wish I'd, I wasn't so aware now, I guess. But I really appreciate you doing it. Did you ever think that, like, how many lives did you think you would change by, by doing this? I asked that because the, mm-hmm. this place changed my life. You know, how many more of me oh, is me, there? Oh, me, for know? sure. So I don't know that I ever had a, a numerical number to that. <laughs> I, I did know. I, I knew that theater and life and relationships that are built around, you know, there's something about the lyric, and y'all are two good people to have this conversation with because uh, I have always wanted to be a part of organizations that have huge, wide open arms that are able to wrap themselves around people regardless mm-hmm. of, of their place, station, Whatever, wherever they are in their world, uh, I, I think people deserve to be loved and cared for and uh, have opportunities. I honestly believe that. I, that's why I do what I do. If it's on the school board or if it's on boards, I try to, uh, I try to, to have that part as a purpose of my life. And so I never would have dreamed it. But I can, I can talk stories after stories after stories about kids and about adults and about uh, humans who find have found their way to the lyric for maybe a moment and maybe what has been an extended period who honestly will say the same thing we all do that uh, it's it's kind of crazy the eclectic nature of who is in this this organization and uh, call themselves part of what we do it's so many different um so many different skill sets that almost seem like they're opposed to each other. You know, I almost, I don't understand why anybody would want to build sets. I just like to act. Then, right. you know, Jimmy would probably say the same thing about acting. For sure. You know, it's the fact that it's some kind of, uh, I don't know if you call it magic, if you call it fate, if you call it. It's all of those you things. You know, bringing people together. I can't get Jimmy to be in a photo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he avoids Jimmy, it like Henry, crazy. The pressure is on. Uh, so. Well, we sh- certainly appreciate you coming in and giving just a, a little snippet of what it's like behind the LPAC curtain, some history on this 20th anniversary of mm-hmm. something you started in major 
general Buster Humfield's backyard. <laughs> and um, we just really appreciate what you've done. You Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate <laughs> well, everything. I am thrilled. I, I honestly believe the waxing lyrically is going to be an opportunity. I, I do know this because we had talked about this earlier about how, how we want to. I We're going to have to continue to younger ourselves. And mm-hmm. so we're going to have to find our ways to uh, being a part of something. I I feel old only when I begin to think, and I'm like, you know, today um, we had a, a meal someplace and it was a, uh, what do you call it? It was a um, um, macaroni and cheese bowl buffet. Well, I've never heard of that. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I looked dangerous. at Jill and I said, what is I'm a macaroni delightful. and cheese bowl buffet? Um, and Jill goes, I don't know, but... There's all these different types of noodles and cheeses and toppings cool. and stuff to put inside of it. Medications. Uh, yeah, yeah I, those are for <laughs> those are the chaser for after. <laughs> is there, you mean is there like Xanax in it or yeah. something? What are you talking yeah. about? Here? So uh, I that that if we've got to find a way to younger ourselves, that we always are looking to to have people who are fresh help bring that type of vibrancy to what it is. And it's hard for us old people to let go of how we do things and how we don't do things. One thing I like about uh, Shannon Dennis, she's one of our uh, new workers helping us in the area of, she's helping produce this podcast and she's also helping uh, to, to migrate and do all the stuff that we do related to social media. Well, that's, that's a tough world. Uh, tough world for me. Uh, once again, I I still remember the flip phones. I still remember the phone hanging on the wall with a really long cord, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that had to go around. That um, that we've we've got to do that. Well, we've I got to find it, that. Uh, we we really just need to euthanize. <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about the shit shih in the world, <laughs> or are you? Saying, uh, I, I totally get it. And that word is apropos for the moment, for sure. It, it, it really is tough. But you have to let some of those things go. And sometimes you have to let them go out of the fear of the unknown. You don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, Nancy, Joe, and I have this conversation all the time about if we don't do the things that we know work, uh, how do we know how to correct the things when we let it go? It's hard. But that you is go very back challenging. to the fact that you had a pen and a paper you couldn't have known you couldn't Mm -hmm. have known what was going to happen here you had a thought you knew what you wanted you wanted something to grow and you wanted the community to be involved and it happened so I feel like if you want growth you just take a chance follow your own example and make it happen there is you you can get them both together it's not like we'll be doing I don't know, Glengarry Glen Ross here anytime soon, but you know, you do kind of want to, I guess, get, take a little bit of the new in with the old or, or right. n- not so much new, but you know, I like the a word fresh. Appeal. Uh, I, I, I do believe, but I, we're going to have to, that's, that's just how that happens. I mean, if you, if you look at, uh, if you look at, uh, networks and if you look at all these people who are trying to uh, do advertising uh, the number one advertising demographic is that what is it like 19 to 23 <laughs> 24 well, it's the whole reason you get like a you know batman 
a toy in your Happy Meal, even though Batman might be rated, you know, maybe maybe it's rated R, mm-hmm. but the advertising to the younger audience that's where you draw in you if, if everyone can go if everyone's interested it's mm-hmm. just a huge it's just a huge young people maker. are thirsty for this too absolutely just, just like, yeah. well and they are mm-hmm. and that's that's why for us finding ways to always engage the younger audiences is something that's important for us and well so. i think you're succeeding well hey fellow teens <laughs> <laughs> fellow teens yeah, there you go. Yep. Well, i keep thinking because i started this when i was like 39 38 or 39 when I started this. It's it's wow. hard to fathom. Yeah. You know, I still can't even believe I was doing this. I, I mean, I was hardly paying my car bill, um, <laughs> That let alone trying to start something like this. So it was cool. Well, I've I appreciate it. you doing it. Well, thank you all. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Thanks, Eric. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, taking time at the end of your busy day to come and give us a great interview. Yeah, it was really good. So now we're going to talk about the year in re- review of 2023. Ooh, exciting. Okay, so 2023 was a big year for us. Uh, we had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six shows. We had Murder on the Orient Express, The Foreigner, High School Musical, the Adams Family Musical, Picnic, and The Happy Elf. What a year. It, I mean, just... And you were in several of those. I was in um, two of those. The and Foreigner you were in and one. Picnic. Yeah, I was in Picnic, and I was a table mover on Mor- Murder on the Orient Express, Drex. That That's was, right. That, there's you no and, small uh, roles. Councilman Beefcake did that together, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah we did. It was did. awesome. And it was perfectly in sync. And and shout out to to Aaron Diaz too. He was he was right there with us. Oh yeah, man. He's is. I mean, there's nobody who's more excited to be here than him. Oh, it's really given us a lot of energy, as far as in rehearsals uh, for uh, the Mousetrap. He he's just he's oh, yeah, a blast he, to be he around. Is, what is his part? Who who does he he's play in the Mousetrap? He's got a fun part. He is Mr. Paravicini. Paravicini. Ooh. He's got an Italian accent. He is uh, very dramatic, very showy, uh, mm-hmm. very flirtatious, and very creepy. And that's awesome. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. <clears throat> uh, so we also had some events last year. Uh, the, the Kids Theater Workshop, which was Susical the Musical Susical the Musical Junior. Yeah, say that's, that that's a three lot. Times. And yeah. the Aristocats Kids. We had the Lyric Hayride Concert Series, the Dale Wheelis Concert Series, the Legend of Robin Hood Children's Show. So that that's a lot of events. Basically, I think what that tells me is anytime you want to go to the Lyric, there's probably something going on. Oh, for sure. I mean, it seems like every every weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dylan's always busy. He's always got something going on. There's always a bunch of commotion that I have, I'm completely blindsided by uh, out in the theater. I definitely need to do more homework, for sure. Oh, um, our sponsors for uh, Mousetrap. And Can't do it without them. And, and, and many other shows, the uh, Citizens National Bank is always there. Absolutely. To have our back, for sure. And they let us park in their parking lot. 
they do that as well. Mm-hmm. They're great. Uh, I mean, Texas Bank does that too, and they also uh, they have a spot. Oh. I. It is Texas Bank. You know what? Maybe it isn't Citizens. We may need to cut that out. I mean, we can park in Citizens, I think. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they're not going to arrest us. (laughs) We can park at Jacob's Pharmacy for all anybody cares. That's a long walk, though. That is. I I wouldn't park there to get to my house, and it's a lot closer. But thank you, Jacob's Pharmacy. Yeah. Let's talk about our 2023 actual sponsors that let us park. Gotcha. Yes. (laughs) Or not park. Well, again, yeah, that's a Texas bank. But then also, I mean, we could. Oh, okay. We're going to the next one. Gotcha. So Kerbo's office system. I know Kerbo's because I also drive a Nissan Cube. And uh, I always, uh, I, I have a package of Mentos uh, and I always bring it up every time I pass one of them. Yeah. The fresh maker. With the smile too. Yeah. They love it most of the time. Shout out to Kerbo's. Thanks, Kerbos. I'm looking at the wrong... Okay. Then we have Dustin Laramore, uh, Farmers Insurance Agency. Another great guy. He's uh, just an outstanding guy. I remember I used to work as a turtle, and he was always in. He's always a blast to be around, and uh, we really appreciate him uh, and the sponsorship. Absolutely. Uh, we mentioned Texas Bank, yes, I believe. We did. Yes, and we did. And they graciously let us park Yes, they do, and it's it's a lot closer than Citizens Citizens. Absolutely. That's great. Um, And then there's, uh, do you pronounce it Kanar or Kaner? I think it's Kanar. Kanar RV Sales. They're kind of new. Kanar RV Sales. Yeah, they're a new sponsor. Their first one was Picnic. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. We appreciate that. They're out there in my neck of the woods in early. All the way out there in early, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And then we have the Wells team, KW Synergy, which... um, Gosh, I mean, not just a great company, but also just the best people. Oh, yeah. And so involved. All of our sponsors, they are just, they they give and give from the meals to parties to, uh, you know, just just pitching in and, and making this thing happen. So we're really grateful for our sponsors. Next... In line on our agenda, the 2023 Lyric Awards. I mean, finally we're at here. This is what I thought we were starting with, actually. (laughs) So I'm ready now, guys. All right. (laughs) You know what? You know what, Drex? Yeah. I think we're doing pretty darn good for our first. Nobody's listening anyway, so all the pressure's off. All our fans are listening. They are. They are. <laughs> Paul's listening. Thanks for listening, Mom. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so, yes, we have the uh, the Major General Buster Humpfield Awards night. That's, uh, that will be a week from tomorrow night on Saturday, January 27th. That is... Uh, that's, that that that's was the alluded. time when we like to get down. Yeah, yeah. and everybody's and Eric wearing kind of velvet. To that. Everybody's got like a cool, like almost costumey. They roll like, out. They thing. literally it's roll awesome. out a red carpet. They do. They do, and everybody gets dressed up. Everybody has a great time. Are you going to wear um, your character's costume? I might. It's cooler <laughs> than anything I have in my closet. I think. I'll Honestly. support it. I'll support. That. I'll stay in character all night. Too. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit. I know, I know that um, Eric mentioned Major General Buster Humphrey. Major General Buster Humphrey. <laughs> I think it's more like I'm kind of aiming for the um, 
the her 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 kind oh, of. Oh, you going with the yeah, Fat Albert? I'll work vibe? on it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so this award is one of the most prestigious awards, if I may say, that is handed out at the Lyric Awards. It is for the person who has pretty much encompassed everything we need here at the Lyric from, you know, not being on stage or not. In, in, in sports terminology, I don't know if this is all the sports, but you're talking about a five-tool player, right? You're talking about somebody with, with uh, they do a little bit of everything. You know, they do, they help build stage, and then they'll be in a show. Absolutely. And then they'll also, uh, they'll go drive out to Abilene to, to get whatever it is. You know, for they, sure, they need pick, for up, another pick show. up sets yeah. Yeah. or what? Yes, absolutely. These are the people who just give freely of their time in a phenomenal way, and um, and these people are are nominated by the lyric players. So, the folks that are in the shows and involved with the theater heavily, uh, we get to put a name in the hat. So I'm really, really excited to see who won this year. Um, and speaking of winners, we have some nominees. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. a couple sitting right here. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> we may pat ourselves on the back a little. But so let's just go through uh, some of the award nominees. I'll start with uh, Murder on the Orient Express. So if you don't, um, I will say in advance, we're just trying to cover all the names and not say them uh, several times. So if somebody's mm-hmm. nominated, if they're... For a show, and her name's already been mentioned in a previous show, you won't hear them again. Just don't be alarmed. (laughs) That's right. We still know what you did. Mm -hmm. So for Murder on the Orient Express, we have Ryan Bailey, Tommy Bailey, Drew Irvin, Valerie Nelson, Megan Yates, Jill Underwood, Aaron Diaz, Taylor Crow, and Mr. Paul Underwood. And then for the uh, show after that, The Foreigner, we have Joe Dennis, Tracy Tucker, Brandon Nichols, Lamar Cravens, hope you're listening from Egypt. Mm-hmm. Drex Holt, Jeff Tucker, and Taylor Crow. And for High School Musical, we have Abby Diaz, Allie Haynes, Cademan Tidwell, Alden Cecil, AJ Tidwell, Shannon Lee, Hannon Graves, Allison Diaz, and Tanner McDaniel. Next was the Adams Family Musical. It was Jonathan Harvey, Matthew McNeese, Dominique, oh gosh, Glasky, Glasky, gotcha. Thank you, Karis Rogers, Stephen Haynes, Aaliyah Curtis, Levi Packer, and Ricky Jones. Go Ricky. Next for picnic, the nominees are Walker Willie, Alisa Hinton, Leslie Wren, Alexander Glass. That's Councilman Beefcake to you, actually. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I think that's his official title, actually, uh, Councilman Beefcake. That's what I'm going to call him when I go to the city council meeting. I hope you do. I'm going to. (laughs) He'll he'll have something to say, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Megan Yates and Allison Jameson. Then, uh, closing it out with the Happy Elf, our nominees are Nikki Brown, Brandon Pierce, Jeff Woods, Maggie Yantis, Kay Shields, Evan Smith, and Stephanie Brownlee. It's, gonna, it's such a such a great list of folks. Everyone does puts their heart and soul into this. You, I really haven't been in a show where I thought 
oh, this person doesn't even want to be here. Every show I've been in, you know, this is volunteer work. The people want to be here. They're excited. And that's what adds to the enjoyment of community theater is because, you know, um, it's not just actors. You know, these are people that you love and, and people that are part of your community and to see them shine. Is Absolutely. Just, I mean, it'll it'll make my... Uh, Get you um, in the field. Stand up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll make my pimples goose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we failed. We failed to mention uh, the nominees for the Buster Humfeld Award. Yes, yes. So I was. I, we've got. I didn't notice that at all. As a matter of fact, <laughs> Tommy Bailey, Doug Turner, Dylan Evans, Danny Perry. We've Dylan's also Dylan's on it. Yes, Dylan I is on there. All about yes, that. yes, Shout Dylan out to is our on there. Dylan. Uh-huh. Thanks, Dylan. He's the voice you hear laughing in the background. <laughs> 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 Newcomer award. That's another one. Oh yes. We've got who's okay, oh, our, our newcomers. I'm so, excited. So yeah, I, I um, it's Brandon Nichols, uh, who I know. I, I was in a foreigner with him, and in, man, he was great in that. I know he uh, sings in uh, Miss Nancy Joe's choir. He's just such a great guy to have around. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, very Super talented, nice guy. Very, very trained. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Tanner McDaniel. I feel bad not, not um, you know, uh, singling him out now. I, I well, he's, he's just great. <laughs> oh, he was in High School Musical. Gotcha, gotcha. Then we have Karis Rogers. Um, I do remember, um, hopefully I'm not speaking out of school, but I remember uh, texting Jonathan Harvey about, it was at the beginning of their rehearsals, and mm-hmm. I was like, so how's this going, man? I'm really excited, you yeah. know? And he said, man, this girl that's playing Wednesday, is uh-huh. that what it is? Yes. It's playing Wednesday, is just blowing me away. Oh, yeah, and she I've was never, phenomenal. And I've never heard Jonathan Harvey say that about anybody. Yeah. He says great things about people, but blown right. away, I've never heard that. And that's and then, quite a compliment coming from him. For sure, for sure. Um, he was definitely somebody who I placed the highest esteem on. Oh, I've for definitely sure. tried to pattern, you mm-hmm. know, the the things I do after what I'd seen him do, and then um, the newcomer, uh, the last nominee is Aaron Diaz, oh, who yeah. we already bragged on him. Yeah, we did, we but we'll do you, it Aaron. again. We yeah. really like you, Aaron. You're enthusiastic and just a lot of fun and dedicated, smart guy. You know, he does a lot of stuff too with uh, the other shows. Uh, you know, his oh, daughters sure. are in the shows mm-hmm. behind and, the scenes. Uh, you know, the whole family. Um, I know. I've even seen um, Mrs. Diaz, yes. Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Uh, I've volunteered with her up front too so it's it's one of the other things I love about this place is the family involvement for sure and so often it really is uh families who are I mean that's what got me into the lyric my children were in the children's shows Mm -hmm. and then they came to audition for a show uh Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat Mm -hmm. and I was like hey I want a part of that and was that the dentist's first show it was might it? have been, yeah. yeah. I think it was, it was. Isn't that yeah. Crazy? So it's Y'all yeah. Started so, together. Yeah. I started with Doug. I remember me yeah. and Doug started about the same. Time. Doug. Doug Turner. Turner. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Okay, so we're being prompted to talk about voting. Yes, voting. You have until January twenty second, and we need you to vote. And it's basically and anybody that's a part of the Facebook um, Brownwood Lyric Theaters Players Group, you're going to be able to vote. And that includes, I don't know if you guys know this, but I mean, that includes a lot of parents too. Oh, So for parents sure. can vote. Yes. If anybody who is, like he said, on that face lyric, the lyric players. Brownwood right? Lyric Theater Players, uh, the Facebook page. Yeah. 
get out there. I and think get I like your boat. it's invi- invitation only. But what I, what I'm saying is, if if you if you know somebody, and you don't think they're going to vote, get them to vote. Absolutely. Uh, that also brings me to the uh, Lyric Awards. So, speaking of families being able to do this, uh, the Lyric Awards Show, the 2023 Lyric Awards Show, is actually open to the public. So yeah, the, that's new. Yeah, that is yes, new. Yes. Super and, exciting. You know, it's a great time. I'm not sure what, um, you know, what level the uh, um, the catering is going to be, but uh, I believe that's. Uh, Priscilla, right? That does a lot of that. Yeah, she does a lot of the catering. I don't know. I'm, I don't it know the details on that. Does such a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. I, we just feel so uh, taken care of during that time. It, it's a really good feeling. It really know? is. It's it's a night of appreciation. And so for anybody who's interested, please come join us. Dress up. I mean, that's Definitely. that's kind of the fun of it. I always go way over the top because and it's in I the never... winter, so you can just pile layers on and make it look that much cooler and not have to worry <laughs> about sweating. Well, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe, it yeah. depends. You might be if if you're wondering if you're going to win that that award, you might be sweating. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's why you leave your jacket on so you don't see the That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do at least. Take the opportunity. Don't ever miss an opportunity to uh, dress up, especially in Brownwood. We don't get a lot of those uh, no. you know, we're we're not all of us are in high school anymore, so we don't get the proms and the formals. So or the energy to do those. I, <laughs> no I definitely kidding. have Once energy. A year. <laughs> yeah, every I have energy for this night, but not a whole lot of other nights. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Well, I think it's about time to wrap up our first ever waxing lyrically, Drex. I'm we should think of a really smooth transition to, yeah. to do so. With. We will the next time. But for this um, time, bye, let's... But bye, guys. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's coming. <laughs> well, well, let's, uh, let's talk before we go about our upcoming season. We oh, yes. have the shows. I'll read through the shows and... Uh, Drex, you can read the events. So our upcoming shows, again, Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap, February 9th through 18th. Get your tickets now. You can buy them online. You can even walk up to the the front of the Lyric and purchase a ticket right there. So don't feel like you have to go and do something online. Uh, but you get, a, you, know, you get a better pick of your seat if you do go online. Yeah. Uh, next, we have All Shook Up, the music of Elvis Presley, April 5th through 24th. And we've got Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, May 31st through June 2nd. Then we're putting on The Music Man, that July. Wasn't that recently done on Broadway? Sorry. No, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Hugh Jackman. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's very exciting. And then after that is a really exciting one. Oh, yeah. The Play That Goes Wrong. I'm, I'm super excited for this Ooh, one. It's, would you describe that as like Noises Off Brother? Or cousin, yeah, or, maybe yeah, maybe like cousin, that. and it's basically a play where a British literally play within a play where yeah, uh, hilarity ensues. Yes, yeah. and that's uh, happening September thirteenth through the twenty second. Next, we've got the foursome, which uh, is a uh, a local, yeah, uh, locally a, written, yeah, original play. Which is another cool thing about the lyric. I know we've done a few. Um, we did Bill Foster. My first play was Windows Home, and uh, it that was totally, a Bill Foster, it right? Stuck me here. I I can't believe what a great experience that was to be able to do an original play to be the first person. Oh, absolutely. That that, that um that was in that show. 
And then to round it out, we there have... There were people with me, but I mean, be the first, first person in, in, in that oh, character. Oh, thank you for clarifying, Drex. I was, I was worried that maybe you Th- were just a solo. This podcast is all about me, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Drex Holtz, Waxing Lyrically Podcast. We're going to end 2024 with A Hee Haw Christmas, which is written internally December 6th through the 15th. Now, we've got some awards or some events. Yeah, as we mentioned, January 27th is the Major General Buster Humfeld Awards. And Mark your calendar and dress up. Definitely. Uh, then we have the Kids Theater Workshop where uh, we're putting on The Little Mermaid and Winnie the Pooh in July those July are through August. Yeah, it's right about the time we're doing the uh, summer musical. Mm-hmm. Then we have Zach Mears. Am I saying that right? It sounds He's right to me. He's a magician. Is that the correct term for magicians these days? We're going to go with magician. Illusionist? Yeah, illusionist. There okay. you go. Um, on Friday, February 23rd, and we have Dennis Lambert. He's a jazz pianist. Saturday, April 20th. Then we have Dale Wheelis Schmorgus Chorus. Oh. Oh. That's really fun to say. That's going to be on Saturday, <laughs> June 8th. Then we have Dan Tominski concert Sunday, October 20th. You know, I think most of the time people do this, that uh, they, they practice these these uh, pronunciations <laughs> yeah, ahead I, of time. Yeah, I think we'll, they probably I, do so they don't offend down. people. We'll do that next time. Yeah. <laughs> then we have uh, the Harmony Bridge, October 31st and November 1st. If you know what that is. Uh, I don't. I'm not familiar with the Harmony Bridge. Well, I'm looking forward to it. That's great. I assume there's going to be harmony. There's going to be uh, several people singing together. It's possible. I think there will be and possibly a bridge. Great. Moving on. (laughs) Now we have the Dallas Brass on uh, Monday, November 4th. That's Monday. And then um, the Lyric Gala, which we've just kind of been told about this. I guess there's, there's, it says 1020. I'm not, is that? 10 years in the building. 10 years in the building. 20. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically what we cover in this. Uh, yeah, I rem- yeah, Eric Eric mentioned it. Uh, that's going to be on New Year's Eve, Tuesday, December 31st. Oh, wow. Sounds like a party. Sounds like a time to get loose. <laughs> that's great. I'm looking forward to it. For next year, uh, for this year, our sponsors are, again, Citizens National Bank of Brownwood and Jacobs Pharmacy. So we really just can't say enough about our sponsors, and we really want to thank them for helping us out because this is not a money-making adventure for anyone. This is, we're, you know, we're up here because for the love of community. Can't imagine it's a capitalist enterprise at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) And we really appreciate that because, um, you know, like I've told Derek before, um, without this place, I'd be like a fisherman without a pond. And that's the same that goes for the sponsors. I really appreciate the opportunities you've given all of us, whether it be the two shows I hope to do a year um, or this podcast, which is a lot of fun too. Absolutely. So if y'all enjoyed this little podcast, tune in next time for what we're calling the Lyric mini wax cast where we're going to interview uh, Darlene Irvin who is the director of the mousetrap oh she's lots of fun oh yeah I audition for her shows every time yeah definitely they're they're lots of fun and uh, man she leads a really energetic rehearsal sure does well thank you Drex
Thank you, Elisa. <laughs> I was just, you know, I paused so long just because I was overcome with emotion. Yeah, and, really and also because that. we're getting some, dura- so, some yeah, notes some from notes. our producers. Yeah. And I'm seeing Facebook and yes. Instagram. We yes. need to plug Get our it, social man. media. Yeah. yeah. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, um, then yeah, definitely uh, follow us and like and comment and, and share and. For sure. All those things, fellow kids. (laughs) Thanks, Drex. Yeah, thank you.